This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Um, during that time as well, I was battling. I, when I was at the age of 15, um, I thought there was something wrong with me. I felt really depressed, um, self harm. Doctor said it was just my testosterone levels. As I progressed through those older years, I was coping. I figured out I was coping through these these vices of drugs and alcohol. And then it wasn't until, yeah, only like maybe 12 months, or more than 12 months ago now, I tried taking my own life. Hey everyone, welcome to the Stillness Podcast. Our goal with this podcast and the Pottery Studio is to introduce you to ways that you can find stillness in your life. Our guest today is going to take us through his journey through drugs and alcohol, partying, and how he almost took his life a few times. Breathwork and meditation saved his life and he's going to share how. I think this story will inspire many of you and I'd like to welcome Josh Sherwell. Welcome. Thanks, brother. It's good to see you. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I think last year was um, probably one of the... I was thinking maybe it was last time we caught up, but... It was a podcast that never aired because yeah. we forgot to press play. <laughs> we thought, yeah, we thought we were recording, but we we're just having a hell of a conversation for yeah. an hour. No, we saw we bumped into each other at um, Sunday Stillness with Cool Conscious uh, yeah, that yeah. time. But yeah, and we haven't actually had a sit down chat in a while now. Yeah, it's good. It's good Better. to see you're glowing. Thanks, man. Under this beard, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm trying to just catch up to you. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I want to start probably. Um, maybe 2010 Fridays, uni night, your sort of lifestyle back then, um, go through the next 10 years and then how you came out the other end. Cool. So I'll try and make this as quick as possible. Mm. Um, Back then in 2010, I was pursuing a professional surfing career. I was on the pro junior circuit, just finished high school. Um, For those that don't know, on the Sunshine Coast, my dad is quite well known um, because he was a professional surfer in his time. So obviously we got a lot of you know, wrote off his coattails in a sense of, of local fame as such. Mm. Um, anyway, I was very ego-driven back then and that caused me to just ride this wave of, you know, arrogance to a, to a like, degree. And so during that time, uh, I'd go out partying Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, even sometimes Sunday night, write myself off, work paycheck to paycheck, um, while still competing, trying to make a career out of it, but it just shows that my head, my head and heart wasn't actually in the the chase for a world title or anything. I was literally mm. just living the rock star life. Yeah. As life progressed, I got to travel the world um, with my surfing, but then also doing tour guiding um, with Dane Dunn on Tourage Tours, which is awesome. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, but over the time, yeah, once I started to the surfing fizzled off, started to get more into drugs, more into alcohol. Um, to the point within 2018, 19, I was working real estate. I was three, four years into my career there and I was smoking pot every night. Um, I was going through like an eight ball of cocaine every weekend, if not more. There was even a point where I was selling cocaine for about two months um, in my parents' house, which I regret obviously a lot. Uh, and um, during that time as well, I was battling I, when I was at the age of 15 um, I thought there was something wrong with me. I felt really depressed, um, self-harm. Doctor said it was just my testosterone levels. As I progressed through those older years, I was coping. I figured out I was coping through these these vices of drugs and alcohol. And then it wasn't until, yeah, only like maybe 12 months, or more than 12 months ago now, I tried taking my own life one more time. I'd been overseas trying to run away from all my issues, um, soul-searching as such. And then 
this pandemic brought me home and then I just had a gut full of it, felt like I was worthless, got told I was had nothing to offer anyone in this life and so I thought I was going to, yeah, just end it. Hmm. And then I was very fortunate. Um, I'm a very spiritual person. Um, I believe in, you know, guides. I believe in divine power and I felt like there was this overwhelming um, voice that just hit me when I was trying to go through this method, which I won't go into, um, and it said, you've got so much to give still. What are you doing? And so I stopped, and then from that point on, you know, I started trying to figure out what what makes me happy, what resonates with me, what actually makes me feel joy, excitement, um, gratitude, you know, all these emotions that for years I really didn't know Mm. because it was all fabricated through synthetic drugs and alcohol. So you were a spiritual person back then as well? Yeah. Religious? So yeah, here we go. Okay, I love this. (laughs) Brought up in a Christian family. Yep. Um... Do I denounce my faith? Not by any means at all. Um, I'm very appreciative of the lessons that I learned, the morals that I learned through my upbringing. Um, if I were to say, do I believe in a religion now? My religion would be love. I just love love and I love to teach love and share love with whoever I meet and whoever I do dialogue with and, and converse with. But um, I've experienced heaps of things with like, you know, people want to say ghosts or spirits when I was younger. And as you do going through like younger adult years, people would always be like, no, you're just seeing things. They're not real. They're not real. But the more that I've aged and the more that I've, you know, been on this bit of a journey, the more I realize that, you know, I do feel like there's a connection there with ancestors and stuff like that. So, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm religious. I'd say that I'm spiritual and that I believe in that there's more to this life than just the 3D. Yeah, awesome. Um, And that, yeah, like for myself also being of Maori heritage, like – my ancestral bloodlines are really important to me and I feel like a lot of my messages come from ancestors, which is really fun and cool. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, mum, mum's Maori. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, so it's really cool and it's a, it's a side of my, my life and my heritage that I've never really spoken too much about because mum moved over here when she was so young. Mm. Um, yeah, when she was like 14, I think she came over to Australia with her family. Have you learnt more about it? I'm starting so to, yeah, started. so it's... Speaking on like the spirituality side of things, like I'm really into my breath work, as we said. Mm-hmm. Um, breath work saved my life, um, especially connected conscious breathing. So it's like um, a breath rebirthing as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did one of those with Nicole Kagakis, and ever since I did that, it, yeah, it changed my life yeah. big time. That's what really got me on this path of like learning how to sit in stillness, be calm, you know, not taking on everything as if it's personal, yep. learning how to regulate my stresses and emotions better, being able to say no to drugs, but um yeah long story short where i'm going with this was yeah the other day i did a breath rebirthing with her and um i was greeted by two of my maori ancestors which was really cool one had a tamuku on his chin the other one had one on his chest down to his arm and they stood behind this warrior and i didn't know who the warrior was but um it was like a message that was drilled into my head saying that it's my time to be initiated and so now i'm starting to talk to my pop from mum's side who i've only met five times in my life I'm mm-hmm. um, starting to connect with him, connect with my uncles. and, and They're s- over there? Um, uncles are in Sydney, and then my um, grandfather's still out on our tribal land in Gisborne. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's really so cool. you can go there soon, or who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, cool. I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> but it's, it's hard because, like, I do want to spend more time over there, and I want to, like, delve into that side of things. I want to be on the land and feel the land, but... Mm. Um, he's probably getting old as well yeah he's got cancer unfortunately so 
I mean, it's a blessing in this, like it's a blessing at the same time, like for me to to feel this calling to learn more about my heritage because it gives me a, a chance to connect with him on a deeper level, and I know that it excites him because my uncles are excited as well for me to go on this journey too. So, yeah, cool, awesome, thanks, man. So, um, you almost took your life, yeah, and then what happened? So, how do you go from that to where you are today? Yeah, so it was quite selfish of me. Um, it was two days before my mum's birthday last year and yeah, I had that. I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah, man. It's hectic. So it was just, yeah, not long really long. before the podcast. Yeah. Probably a couple months before the podcast. Early. And so for me, it just like, it got to the point where like, I guess, you know, you hear people go through their stories and like, I hit rock bottom. Mm. I guess that, that to me was rock bottom. I was living at my parents' house again, 27, um, you know, I was working a job that I hated, uh, heartbroken, going through a bad breakup. But then it got to the point where I was just sick of sitting in that victim, that victim archetype. And I was like, fuck this. Like, you know, you look outside, excuse my language as well, probably should have done that. So, excuse the language. Um, you know, it just got to the point where like I looked outside and I saw how much beauty there was in this world. And I went, there's got to like, there's obviously got to be something here for me. And then I just started to realize, like, started to remove um, the drugs, change my diet. Like, the diet was huge. And I think that was the one thing that, that kick-started me on this journey was I just went, well, I'm not eating well. I was addicted to fast food, um, drinking too much alcohol, like I said, and not really being aware of what I was putting into my body by any means. And so, yeah, I started, I changed my diet, started to feel good. Um, I'd, I'd already knew about breath work. I'd been introduced to breath work through the Wim Hof Method, through Jordan Potts years prior but i never actually routinely practiced it mm-hmm. and then it wasn't until this all happened that i went i need to reconnect with jordan because like him and i had a really strong connection when we first met so during that time um prolonged going back to work um got kicked out of home because i had an argument with my dad which was funny um we love like we're all good now i love my dad but we just had a bit of an argument about social media and stuff and he just told me to get out and never come back and I haven't been back there to live since and it's probably been the best thing for me. But mm. yeah, I was just at rock bottom and I was like, fuck, I need to sort my life out. And so I just started peeling back the layers of things that I was just doing because it was classified as the right thing to do or the normal thing to do in society and start going, what actually makes me feel good? Mm. And so for one of them was, yeah, breath work. I love the feeling of breath work because it did draw me back to that spirituality side of my life that I had neglected for so long. I'd like to um, go back to the diet. Mm. Not sure how I'm articulating it, but with the you're drinking alcohol, eating shit food, mm-hmm. your gut health's going to be shot. pretty shot. So yeah. it's just, and then it starts to crave those same things again. Yep, absolutely. Then you're in that cycle. Vicious cycle. So breaking that was important. Hugely important. To I actually think- stop drinking as well because kind of one led to the other, but by cutting ties with the fast food almost probably helped the alcohol or maybe was it the other way around? Um, no, I was still drinking a fair bit. Um, it was mainly the, the diet. So when I went to Canada with my bro, he was vegetarian because the meat produce over there is terrible. Mm-hmm. So I went vego for about a month over there with him. And then when we came back to Australia, started to implement fish, went pescatarian, um, did that for a few months, but noticed that like my body was... I was dropping a lot of weight, but I wasn't feeling strong. 
was feeling quite lethargic. I was still having like a lot of emotional swings, not knowing how to deal with emotions when they came up. Um, the alcohol, when I quit that, I quit that out of a place of pain. It wasn't really like a for me thing as well. Like it was for me, but it was also because I was trying to prove to someone at the time that I could get my act together. Yeah, cool. And sometimes it's good. Well, yeah, like we all need motive. We all need motivation, right? And at that point, I really didn't have much. Mm. Um, that's hence why I tried taking my own life. I had no motivation. There was no real goal. There was no real structure to my life or any ambition. So um, you're also, I mean, hope you don't mind saying, but you were fair bit heavier. Hey, like oh, it's huge. You were. I was 110 kilo. I was big. You lost a lot of weight, or you toned up. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm back down to like 85 now. Yeah. Um, I fluctuated just over the 90 mark, but yeah, I was big. Um, you know, and yeah, so with the diet thing, I just, as I started implementing foods again and reconnected with Jordan and started training out of Exalto, I started to see a shift in my, well, as soon as I started to get my, my gut health right, Mm. my mental health started to improve. It's just a sure thing that's going to happen. And as I progressed through that and I started doing more breath work and started involving myself with that community more and getting involved with like learning what's, what health actually is, you know, it's not just pushing pills down your throat it's like going out and getting sunlight going and immersing yourself in nature it's you know connecting to yourself and figuring out what what it is you do like in this lifetime i feel like that is true health because at the end of the day you're the one that's in control of your meat sack and what you're walking around in and you're the only one that's really going to know what you truly desire and want out of life and i never really asked myself that um and so yeah with the diet ended up Jordan and, and Nicola from Exalto just said, like, you should do the parasite and gut cleanse through corrective culture. And I had no idea what that was, never done a cleanse before in my life. And I went, you know what, I'm just going to do it. What is it? And it's like, it's all organic produce, no alcohol, no coffee for a month. There's some supplements, all organic supplements that you take. And I just went, you know what, I'm just going to give myself a month, see how I go. And at that point, I think I was sitting around 93 kilo. And then I, during the course of that month, I dropped 10 kilos. And I dropped down to 82 and a half kilos. And I felt so good. And then since that point, like since I did that cleanse, it's sort of I haven't turned back. I haven't stopped eating organic food. I still go out and enjoy a meal out at like a restaurant or something like that or if I'm away. But for the most part, I try to make sure I know where I'm sourcing my food from, who the farmer was, making sure that the animals were, you know, taken care of as much as possible up until slaughter, all that sort of stuff. Because to me, I realize over this time, it's not just food, like you're consuming energetics. So you know, if the meat's been, if the animal's been put under stress when it when it goes to the, the slaughterhouse, like you're going to be ingesting that energetic too, which is causes inflammation. It brings on, from in my opinion, what brings on mental health problems because you're in, you're induced ingesting stress. So then, what's that going to do? It needs to move, so it just gets absorbed into your body. Always believe that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're all energetic. Well, everything's energy, right? Yeah. The cleanse definitely helps you realize what is kind of making it like lethargic or yeah. inflammation because he just cuts everything out. I'm doing it at the moment. Yeah. So I'm... I'm Is that way you're glowing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm a week and a half into it now and my partner outside, Alicia, God bless her, we um, went camping on the weekend, had our first little argument because I realised like how um, I was getting snappy because I couldn't eat certain foods and like we'd want to go out and have coffee or we'd want to go out and have brekkie and I'm like, I can't eat anything. I can't do anything here because none of it's organic. And But... Like my body feels the best it's ever felt. Like this time, this time out of the three times I've done the cleanse, I probably feel the absolute best that I've ever felt. Is the gentleman's club doing the yeah. cleanse right now? So got, Callan was gonna. I think he was on last week, and he said he's doing it. Yeah. So they start, I think, this week. 
Mm. Um, so yeah, I run. So yeah, at the moment I can, I guess, segue into that. Yeah. So at the moment, so I quit real estate three months ago, and I've started a men's health and wellness program um, alongside a friend, Mitch Adams, and Jordan Potts helps out a fair bit because he gives us the space at Exalto, and basically Mitch and I have just come together and from different backgrounds, um, but just you know the. We wanted to create a space for men that were safe to come in, train, explore their own, you know, themselves and figure out what they want to do with their lives. And yeah, so we've got all 10 blokes doing the cleanse at the moment. A lot of them have never done anything like this before. Um, obviously, it was it was voluntary if they wanted to do it or not, but all of them just wanted to commit 100% to the program. Sick. Um, yeah, we've had like one guy come out um, saying it's the happiest he's felt in years. You know, yeah. and, like, awesome. few, and a lot of the other guys are glowing. I saw another guy at the gym yesterday. We trained together, and he's got like cracking jawline now. I haven't seen him in, like two weeks. It's like, dude, two weeks on the cleanse, <laughs> you've got a full jawline. He's like, I feel incredible. I'm sleeping great. So, yeah, I know a lot of like, I know some like um, health professionals, like dietitians and stuff, don't necessarily agree with um, the, the cleanse because um, the Czech Institute is, I guess, a bit alternate. Yeah, it's alternate. But you know, to me, I can't see a problem in eating organic food. No. I can't see a problem there at all. <laughs> I haven't really, like, I mean, I've introduced a few more things back in since, but it's definitely helped just cutting out, I mean, gluten especially, a lot of, like, any refined sugars, carbohydrates. Ab- absolutely. Gluten's um, huge. Like, yeah. gluten has been so weaponized over the years, and I don't think that's something that gets taught, spoken about enough. It's like, because it's so much produced, it's been weaponized to the fact that we can't break it down. Literally. I was, I kept getting sick, and I didn't know why, and the cleanse actually helped me figure out. I kept getting this thing on my tongue, and... It was gluten. Like ever since when I to cut gluten out, it would go away. Yeah, health would get better. Start eating again. Yeah, like it, I think it um, stops you absorbing nutrients as well because it's like scratching at you. Yeah, I think something like that. That's, yeah, mm. probably there'd probably be some form of truth behind so that. I'm not like it, I'm not. I wasn't like absorbing any nutrients when I'm eating it. It's yeah, probably also just and a lot of the food nowadays, like in the shops, aren't that nutrient dense because they've been pe- like sprayed with so many pesticides and all this other bullshit, or they've been prepackaged and just drained of all the nutrients. Where it's like if you can just take it back to even just whole foods, mm. and that's how I really tried to like start this whole thing was like eating whole foods, not packaged mm. foods. It just changes everything. But yeah, sugars, sugar and gluten were huge. And the moment you get rid of sugar, like that's where like all your fat down here is just like stress and sugar and alcohol. So you remove those, you remove those three things from your life, and you just notice your body just starts to strip down that inflammation. It's crazy. Yeah. We started um, growing food again at home with what we can, and got the chickens again. Yeah, What's interesting is like people don't, I think, take like realize how much energy goes into organic food, especially like even. Um, feeding chickens without grain it's so hard yeah man because you know they you've got to grow or like you've got to give them enough nutrients otherwise they're not going to give you good eggs no that's right um and then letting them free range well there's only so much free range you can give them yeah because like what like you look at um speaking to jai about it the other day because he picked up some eggs and he's and i said oh i don't think those ones are very good i think they're grain fed and they're they're free range yeah sure they're organic as well organic grain but it was 1500 hens per hectare which is I think it might be the maximum you're allowed to call the, free range, yeah. I think. But then you go, then there's other ones which I get and they're like 300 hens per hectare and then there's other ones which are 40 hens per hectare. And obviously, like, um, the more room, the more bugs, the mm. more, you know, biodiversity the chicken's going to eat up. So yeah, correct. You're going to ingest that too. That's right. Um, well, it's, yeah. like, it's like with the lamb that I get from, from the markets, um, carry, like the farmer there, I, I speak to him, I say, how's, you, how's your herd going? How's the flock? 
and he'll tell me about like how much energy and work goes into it but he treats all those those animals with so much love and respect he's like you know i I looked at the weather map and I knew it was going to be too hot this week for them. So I moved them down onto the lower paddock where I knew it was going to be cooler. And you talk about like how he just yeah, maintains, you know, this balance for them so they can just have like the most fulfilling, like enjoyable life while they can before it's time for them to, to then be produced into the meat. And so that's like for me right now, I'm on this journey where after we finish this podcast, I'm going to Broken Arrow around the corner mm. um, because I want to start hunting for my own meat rather than buying it through... Um, farmers or just buying food i'd rather be self-sufficient in that in that sense um give respect back to the animal for their sacrifice because for me it's like it's good knowing what like where it comes from who the butcher is how they've maintained everything but at the same time like i'm not there for the whole process and for me like i love i love animals and like i know they'll probably be vegans going yeah but you eat them it's like yeah i still love and respect them i know that i can be my best self if i ingest that energy and embody that energy so I want to take it to the next level by now going out and, and providing for myself and hunting it. Do you want to talk exciting. about where you're going next week? Yeah. So with the Gentleman's Club, in the last month of the Gentleman's Club, we're taking the boys out for like a rite of passage um, survival camp. And Adam Kavanagh, um, he's going to be running it. He was in the mines for years, got run down, body was shutting down, depressed, like, you know. Like a lot of men are. Like a lot of us men, we literally just work jobs for the sake of working jobs. And we're fucking miserable. But he just decided one day, he's like, I've had a gut full of this. So he ended up going out with an, like a local tribe, indigenous tribe out up north. And he's now been living out there for the last three years off the land. Yep. And so he's doing our survival camp. And I messaged him a week and a half ago, seeing him just doing some videos on bush tucker. And I said, oh man, that looks amazing. Like I'd love to experience something like that with you. And he goes, can you, book a, can you be here in three weeks? And I said, I'll book a flight today. So I called Alicia. I said, Alicia, this is what I'm doing. Are you, are you supportive of it? you want me to stay? And she goes, no, go. Mm. So yeah, him and I are going to go. He's picking me up in Cairns. We're going to go just out traveling for a week. And then once we get out to the tribal lands, that's when I'll meet the tribe, the elders, and then we'll go from there. Um, but yeah, basically he just said the most important thing you got to bring is your bow. So yeah, I got to go and get all myself measured up and ready to go and yeah, go out cool. there hunting for two weeks. <laughs> Should be awesome. I'm excited. So excited. Can you document it? Well, to, yeah. yeah, there's going to be not much reception out there, but Adam's pretty good at recording and, and filming a lot of it. Mm. So I'm going to document as much as I can. Absolutely. Because it's going to be an experience that yeah, I'm going to remember forever. Yeah. For sure. awesome. So where are you at at the moment? So at the moment... What are you working on apart from the Gentleman's Club? So life is exciting at the moment. Like it's so crazy having conversations like this and especially talking about my past and where I was at because where I am today is just like it baffles me mm. and like I guess I want to say this to anyone listening as well. You, it, you can change your life so easily. Mm. You really can. Um, it's just we've been so conditioned to believe that it's a lot harder to achieve happiness or we've been told like expectations are too high. Like we, when we want this and we, if we don't reach that, we're just going to suffer. It's like remove that and just enjoy life as it is, as it rolls and change what you can and forget what, like don't forget what you can't, but realize that you can't change everything in your life. Definitely. So yeah, for me right now, life's incredible. Um, you know, I'm studying at the moment, got the gentleman's club. So I'm studying in the Czech Institute, um, I've just done some a course with Wim Hof. I am doing a Gen Freedom course with a wealth coach. Um, What's that one, sir? It's called Gen Freedom. So it's like a it's a wealth coach. So they teach you how to like change your your paradigms and your beliefs about money. Yeah, cool. Um, because I went from earning like 120 grand a year 
to having nothing to show for it because I'd gamble it all. Mm. I'd put it up my nose and I'd drink it all. Like that was, that was the one thing as well that I came to a realization when I kept doing my tax returns and I'm like, where's all this money? And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. You're a drug addict. Like, <laughs> oh, far out. So, you know, it, like I did a six week course with um, this mentor last year and it was just all on, on YouTube that he gave these videos and he had some questions at the end for us and we'd converse with him over Zoom. But ever since I did that course with him too, like my savings and my investments have just changed. My whole look, outlook on money has changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all my friends that know me, like I'm n- I've never been money hungry. I'm like, I love to be generous. I love to share with other people and make other people have the same experience I'm going through. Um, so yeah, doing that and then... So, what's something you've taken away from this course? This course? Share with everyone. One thing I've taken away from the Gen Freedom course yep. is that when you work out what your hourly rate is since you've finished high school, it's a rude shock that you've got to start being more diligent with your money. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I think I think last year when I did the course, my hourly rate since I finished high school was like a dollar thirty. And now it's up to two dollars. As in So there's a formula. Yeah, because so of time you sleep and everything or what? No, so it's like you work out um how much money or how much money you've got in regards to assets, savings. Oh, okay. And right. all that sort of stuff. Then you divide that by I think how many years you've been out of school, then you divide that by how many weeks. How, do I divide that by 52 week, that, weeks of the year then you divide that by five days a week and then it comes to like I can't remember the yeah, exact yeah. formula because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I did it last year but yeah once I did that and like I realised I was like man I've got like nothing going for me and he, he makes you like write down these goals like what you want to have like how much money would be a cool figure to have I think I just wrote down a million bucks and I was like it was going to take me 332 years to get there and I was like oh hell no <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not doing that so it made you realise like you've got to start changing little things within yeah. your life to do it so for me like stopping drinking so much alcohol saved me heaps of money stopping doing cocaine heaps of money saved you know and i was able to then invest that into cryptocurrency shares and how do people afford cocaine i still have no idea you did it so tell us it's just priorities yeah literally for me like that i think that's how i afforded it was yeah. my priority it was was, the priority. was numbing myself out and removing myself from that dense emotion by ways of drinking and doing drugs and then everything else went on the back burner like i remember there was one point where i'd gambled snorted and drank all my money then i had rent gain rent due the next day and i had to call my partner at the time and be like hey can i borrow money and she asked why and i said oh red joe's due and i had no idea i had to lie to her and say so i just need money i had i didn't have the i didn't have the the guts to take ownership of my actions and say i'm struggling and i need money to pay for my rent because I'm struggling. Like to her credit, she helped me get, she helped me seek professional help and put me on a bit of a journey to like start deconditioning a lot of the stuff. But yeah, it's pretty hectic. What, um, I don't know how people, yeah, to, to answer your question, how do yeah. people afford it? I do. I think it's a priority thing and maybe sometimes it's an, an excess of too much mm. money. Coming out of the highs of, I mean, I'm sure it's not just cocaine, but old drugs and now, your high is breath work. Absolutely. What's, um, <laughs> how's it compare? Like, oh, all right. I had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day who's like wanting to know more. The difference between your recreational drugs and your breath work, there's so many to name, but the, like, the most simple ones is with your breath work, it's for free. All right. It's free. You say, like, for me, it was like, oh, this is a free high I can get. You know, that was my first mentality of it. And then it was, there's no come down. So like you're doing these these like 
incredible breath techniques that will send you to another dimension. Like you have this full hallucination sometimes and then you come out of it and you just, if anything, there's no come down. It just it makes you feel higher again. It's like euphoric. Yeah, man. And so that's why like, you hear people say like you're, you're raising your consciousness. I believe that breath work is such a, a sure, fast way to raise your consciousness because you're really just connecting to self. Um, another way that it compares is like it's not illegal. Like you're not going to get locked up for it. You know, you can get drug tested, a breath work. You're not going to be like, oh, mate, you've been participating too much Wim Hof, you know, like <laughs> you're going to have to take you, take you fine, you know, take you to jail. Probably will soon. Yeah, yeah, probably. Jesus. <laughs> Make sure you wear your mask, breath. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like a lot of people think breath work is very woo-woo. Mm. Um, but I think what also, why that may be the case, and I've experienced it myself, is because when you do surrender to the breath and go deeper in it, it can move a lot of dense emotions. Um, I've learned a lot about myself since really delving into breath work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's been wild. Do you ever get like in um, intuition or like intuitive kind of messages come up when you're doing breath work? Like, does anything? I get I get messages all the time. Yeah, messages all the time. Yeah. I get messages all the time through my breath work. And how do you react? Like, I do as well. But how do you respond to them? Like, if um, if you've just done like 15 minutes and then there's a really clear message. I'll write you it down. Do this. You write it down. I, I, you, if it's a message like that, like if it's something profound, I'll write it down. So for example, with my experience the other night, the other day where I had my ancestors mm-hmm. visually in my dream and they could look, it was like they put a thought pattern in my head. Um, Maori heritage, they talk about the tamuku, which is like your genealogy or your ancestry lineage as a tattoo form. And it's basically, it's a initiation into manhood, into the family. You're healing your bloodlines, traumas. You're healing your bloodlines, karma. And they said to me, it's time for you to step into this. And I don't like, I love my Maori heritage, but at the end of the day, I wasn't born in New Zealand. So for me, it was quite confronting because I'll be getting tribal tattoos on me, yet I wasn't born on the land. So I've had to speak with my pop and speak with my uncle about it, both of which have said, no, it is your birthright to actually get this and step into it. So, um, yeah, it all depends on the severity of the message. Like I had one message from my grandfather who was like my hero growing up. He passed away two years ago and I was going through a bit of turmoil and I said like, what am I meant to do? Mm. You know, in this breath work, my intention was like, what am I meant to do at this point? And he greeted me and he said, you just got to trust and be patient. That was all he said. And then that was the only message I got. And then that's been my mantra since is like, trust and be patient. Whenever something's going on, I was like, I just got to trust and be patient. Mm. And what will be, will be. You know, I can't have any expectation on it or hold any expectation on it because what will be, will be. And I've just got to be able to know that I can handle whatever situation comes from that. Um, so, yeah. I, so, one message, like the message I had the other night or the other day where my ancestors came to me, mm-hmm. um, they, they sent a message to me. And when I say a message, it's not like they're verbally standing in front of me like what we are now and you can see lips moving. It's more of like a telekinetic sort of connection. Like it's almost like a download straight into your brain. Well, that's how I experience it. And they basically just said to me that it's now time for me to step into manhood and to be initiated. And I didn't know really what that, that meant all too much. Um, I know that for, Ma- for Maoris in particular, it is to get to Tamuku, which is the tribal tattoo. Um, and so from that point, like being an Australian Kiwi, I was like very hesitant. Like I am still, well, not, not, not right now. 
when I got the message, I was very hesitant. I've always wanted to get one, but I always thought like, you know, there's always those guys, like white guys with tribal tattoos. You're like, man, why have you got a tribal tattoo? Like, it's gross. Mm. Um, I hate all that sort of shaming and judgment. If someone wants to get a tribal tattoo, go get a tribal tattoo. You know, I'm all about people just having the freedom to choose how they want to live their life. Um, but yeah, and so for me, it just it, it got to the point where like, it was so surreal, this message. I started looking into my heritage more. I called my uncle, called my pop and said, this is my confliction. This is what I want to do. And they both turned around and said, it's your birthright. Like, and I'm the only one out of my whole family from that lineage that's actually had this calling to do it. Mm-hmm. And so my pop and my uncle were very overwhelmed and very ecstatic to hear that I wanted to go ahead with it. Yeah, cool. Um, so yeah, like messages for me come in all different shapes and sizes and I love it. And then Nicole Kagakis, when I do a rebirthing with her, she'll just have a message for you afterwards. And for the most part, they always resonate with exactly what you're going through without even mentioning to her what you're going through, yeah, which right. is really cool. Who is she? Nicole Kagakis. Yeah. So um, she's like my guru. She's yeah, like right. my breath guru. Yeah, cool. um, she, she operates out of Coolum and you can just book in with her one-on-one or she does group sessions out at the yurt in your Monday. Yeah, um, cool. Yeah, her Instagram's Nick, Nick, underscore, Nick underscore ritual underscore movement. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Awesome. Yeah, she's I might awesome. have to give it a go. Yeah, man. Like, I know Joel just did it and Joel said like it was the most relaxed he's ever felt and he came out and the message that she gave him was just, like perfect for what he was feeling and Joel yeah, had never cool. even met her before. So yeah, right. this is the thing. Like a lot of people think it's so woo-woo and I'm more than welcome for them to have that opinion. Mm. But, um, you know, for me right now where I'm at, life has never been so exciting, so fulfilling. And for someone that went from trying to take their own life, struggling with a drug addiction to now running a men's health program madly in love with a girl that i fully like i wrote down what i wanted from a partner and then alicia just popped into my life and fucking wild and then you know having these these things come into my life and traumas and old issues that i used to face coming to light like bringing the shadow to light and doing shadow work it's just like i'm just so happy now and nothing really bothers me yeah like funny story on the way here i think i thought i got done by a speed camera like I was driving and there was a cop on the other side of the road and I think I was going like 58 in a 50 zone. And I went, oh shit. So I hit the brakes a little bit and slowed down. I was like, I think I just got done. And like old me, before I had done all this work, breath work and whatnot, learning how to regulate my stress, would have been anxiety through the roof. Like, oh my God, are they going to follow me? I just sort of laughed and went, you know what? <laughs> if I get a speeding ticket, I get a speeding <laughs> ticket. Who cares? Like, yeah. And I even said to Alicia, like, isn't it funny that two years ago I would have been so anxious about that? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, awesome. it's been cool, man. And then, like, even now, like, um, you know, how you're talking about, like, what am I studying? Mm. Another thing right now that I'm trying to study, or what, I, sorry, I'm not going to use the word try. One <laughs> thing that I'm studying at the moment is Tantra, which is um, I'm learning about sexual healing and sexual energy, um, especially for myself. Um, yeah. I've. What does that look like? What does that look like? Mm. So I'm going to be so vulnerable here yeah. for everyone listening. If you're okay and I have, with it, I have no, okay I have it. no shame here yeah. with this because I feel like it's courageous to speak about this sort of shit. Um, I suffer from premature ejaculation, or I did suffer from premature ejaculation uh-huh. um, for years. It's it soiled so many of my relationships. It made it hard. I was publicly shamed by women um, for it at a music festival. I remember clear as day a woman coming up to me and you slept with such and such and she told me this, blah, blah, blah. Like I've been through the ringer with it. But um, in this relationship with my partner now, um, I've come through this journey where I'm like, I want to heal it. I don't want to have to deal with this um, 
condition anymore. I don't want to say issue, I'm going to say condition. And I've tried the whole like, you know, serotonin rehabilitators to try like take medication for it. Screwed with my hormones, screwed with my mental health. And then Alicia just, during our relationship, she's helped me find Tantra, which is this Taoist teaching of sex and the importance of sex and the sacredness and how the energy doesn't have to always just flow to your to your penis it can be something you can feel all through your body like a euphoric feeling and um you know funnily enough like the more i'm learning about it the more like it makes me realize like i wonder how many other men go through this yeah definitely you know and it, it can be fixed just through breath work and being aware and being present interesting and same with like erectile dysfunction like there's so many sexual conditions that can be healed and deconditioned just through breath work and awareness so you're someone's going through this. What um, what's kind of what do they that, do? What's something they could do? Yeah. What's something they can do? Just because I'm sure this start is, asking this is probably. I mean, how, that would have taken a toll on your mental health. Some Hugely. random chicks comes up to you and says, "Hugely, that. I was insecure. As, I was insecure as shit." And I'm a hairy person as well. Like I, I've all, I hit puberty at a young age, had a hairy chest from like the age of 15. Um, so I've got I got shame for every like so much stuff when I was growing up. But obviously. It's sad to think that that's normal for young teenagers to shame one another. I think it's like hopefully yeah. that's on its way out in this next generation. But yeah, it just it got to the point where I was just like, I know I wanted to make I wanted to make a change even before I met Alicia, and then she just sort of gave me the invitation and the space to actually go through it and have a partner there that was happy, like willing to support me through it was really awesome. But if any guys out there looking to to go into that sort of field of healing, well. I guess it's like with anything, like even with a self like journey, like mm. when, you, when you're doing your self-help journeys, like you've got to first want it for yourself. You can't let, have someone else going, I think you should be doing this because unless you have the conviction there yourself, it's just going to be there one week, go on the next. You know, this is something that I've lived with my whole life since I, since I lost my virginity. It's something I've struggled with. Um, and so now it's gotten to the point where, you know, I'm in love and I want to, I want to be able to satisfy my partner and I want to know that I can hold my own in the bedroom and I, I know I'm not compare. I don't want to compare myself to my performance or my body or I just want to be fully present and aware and, and embrace the love in that space. Yeah. And so if any guy that I guess is going through that or feels that they want to decondition anything like that, just start, you know, jump on the internet, like internet and just type in like, how can I heal it? There's so many sex coaches through the world right now that are like teaching men and women this and teaching couples this. Yeah. Um, I've got a tantric coast on, tantra coach on the coast that I'll be, see- I'll be seeing her tomorrow actually and I'll, she just runs me through like aspecting and breath work and she talks about like, well, I talk about past sexual traumas that I've dealt with and securities I've dealt with through sex and I think that's another thing as well as talking about like men don't really talk about this shit. Mm. Like, women talk about everything. Like, from what I've been told, women talk about everything regarding sex in the bedroom. Whereas for us men, it's like, it's so deogratory and, and gross and dense. Like, why can't there be just genuine conversation? Be like, you know what, I'm actually struggling with this. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, I want to raise awareness for it because for myself personally, I've been on this tantra journey for coming on two months now. So yeah, I think, like, allow, like, having the conversation and starting the conversation is huge with other men and like and doing it with your friends like i remember sharing this this journey with my like three of my closest mates when they came over to mine for dinner and it was so rewarding and refreshing to me to have three of my best mates turn around and say to you what you're doing is unreal and, yeah right. and so and you know and i've only been on it for like nearly two months now and 
the change that I've noticed in regards to my connection with my partner and the confidence within my own body and being able to, you know, reset my nervous system to feel safe in that space mm-hmm. is phenomenal. And so I think that's why like... So what is it? Like what actually causes it? Do you know? What causes it? Mm-hmm. So for the most part, most sexual, like, um, let's just say conditions are caused from past traumas. Okay. Past so lives. Not necessarily past lives, but that could be, it could be a big factor. I'm talking about more so like within your upbringing. Yep. For myself personally, I had um, a sexual encounter when I was like four years old that I won't go into detail about. Um, but that definitely caused a lot of trauma for me, especially like being a young Christian boy, being told that sex is sacred, you know, no sex before marriage. I've been conditioned to feel all this way about it. And then I had an incident happen. Um, you know, that started me on this scary cycle and this has all been coming out since i've been doing this course um you know and and draining a lot of toxic energy from my lymphatic system through massage therapy and breath work and stuff like that but yeah for the most part a lot of it stems from previous traumas and then if you have heaps of sexual partners and all that experience is exactly the same so for me when i was single and i was you know going out and partying and getting with chicks i was just putting my nervous system through that same repetitive cycle every time where I just work myself up, feel like I've, you know, you know, I've got taken a girl home or, you know, I'm with a girl seeing him, I take him to the bedroom. But then my nervous system just straight away goes into flight or fight, like fight or flight mode. And then I just crumble every time. So being able to learn how to regulate that and reset my nervous system around that has been huge. And yeah, like I said, like, my relationship with Alicia is the best it's ever been since I've been on this journey, all thanks to her giving me the space and the support to go ahead with it, which awesome. is cool. Unreal. And so, yeah, I mean, like if anyone's listening to this now, because I've had a few guys reach out to me that I've spoken to about this. So if anyone listens to this and they want to know more, like please, like don't hesitate to reach out and, and ask any questions. I can point you in the direction of, of people you can talk to or things you can see because I did the medication thing and it really just screwed with my head. Whereas with this one, I actually feel confidence. I feel empowered by it, which is cool. Yeah, awesome. Nice. There's um, something I didn't ask before, but you kind of hinted it by writing down um, what you wanted in your partner. Yeah. So manifestation. Yeah. What do you believe? What do I believe? How do you do it? I believe that we're all worthy of whatever we want in life. Every single living being is worthy of abundance and is worthy of having the life they truly desire. When... For me, <laughs> I was like trying to get my ex back. She get, ended up just getting with the guy, started dating, and I was like gone. I was broken. I was like, "What do I do?" You know. And then I went camping by myself one time, and I just I took my I take my notepad every time. Just went up Double Island by myself, and I just started to write down what I wanted from a partner. You know, not just the physical. Like remove the physical. Start writing down like what you want in here, like what you want internally, like how you want them to support you, how you want them to make you feel, how you want to make them feel. And I started just writing these things down on a list and then Alicia walked into my life and then next thing you know, it was like as soon as we met, it was just like boom, it was just on. How long? As in? How long did it take from the time you wrote it down? So from the time I wrote it down, a month. A month, yeah. A month from when I wrote it down. 
um, which was wild because I, to be honest, I was, at a, I was at that point in my life where I was like just so happy being by myself. I was like, I'm so good on my own. I'm finally happy on my, like being by myself and doing my own thing. And um, funnily enough, she was at that same point too where she's like, I'm so happy by myself and then yeah. I walk in. Um, but yeah, I, just getting clear. I think manifestation gets a negative connotation because people always be like, again, it's woo-woo. But like, I don't think it's woo-woo. Like there's so much power in putting pen to paper. And like you've got the journal here. Like I'm a massive believer that journaling is so important, especially for men. Like we don't journal all that often. And there's so much power in writing down how you feel. Like at the Gentleman's Club, I've, I created a journal for the boys. And one of the questions is, what emotions did you feel today? And what I say to the boys is, don't just write down the first thing that comes to your head. I actually want you to sit there and think about the moment that you woke up to the moment that you're sitting at that very present moment and think about every, like if you, whatever emotion you can name that you felt during that day, write it. Like I'd look at mine some days and it'd be like anxious, unrested, tired, um, excited, grateful, joy. You know, it'd just be a mixed bag of different emotions. It just goes to show that we just go through waves. Like there's no real like, you're not just happy the whole time. Yeah, you're not just like, oh, I'm just, I'm always happy. It's like, well, you may be, but they may just be in different faucets. Like, it may just be like they're experiencing joy, excitement, gratitude, like I was saying, higher vibration, but in different emotions. Yeah. Um, but I think it's really, really powerful in writing everything down. And like, if you've had a shit day, write it down, get clear, because then that's like a release of that energy. Mm. I had a shit day. It was a shocking day. This is what happened, blah, 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 blah. Write it down and close the book and be like, oh, that's done. But then we don't just make it that to finish. It's like, what are tomorrow's intentions? So you can like actually write down, this is what I want to achieve tomorrow now. So you're pretty much, you know what's in here, obviously. Yeah, what well, <laughs> sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got similar things. Like it's, um, we want to get, you want to get rid of what you're holding on to. Yeah, I love it. Write what your intentions are. Um, what you be, what you, how you'd feel accomplished if you, what you achieved. And Yeah, so this is what we do as well. Like what three things you're grateful for every day we do all the time. You know, like, um, the what would you feel accomplished if, if I achieve? We sort of do that at the start of the week. It's like, what's your weekly achievements and, and intentions? Um, yeah, very similar to what you got here, which is awesome. Yours is, is a lot more aesthetically pleasing than mine. <laughs> we like design. Yeah, well, I can tell that. It looks good. But no, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, awesome. it's, it's, it's cool so that we important. both done it at the same time. Yeah, that's it. Well, don't worry. I'm not selling. I'm like, mine's not for sale. So yeah, it's just the boys in the gentlemen's club. But there's, there's enough abundance out there for all of us. 100%. There's enough abundance out there for everyone. Like, and I think that's another thing. Like, one thing I noticed or one thing I learned on this journey was like, stop, stop doing what is right by society and start doing what's right by you. Mm. And like, for me, it was work. For me, like, I, I was making great money in real estate incredible money in real estate and I was good at it I like there were points where I did enjoy my job because at some points it was just easy but it got to the point where I was going through this massive transformation and I just kept feeling this density I'm like what's holding me back like what is it that's not fulfilling me right now I didn't want to admit it was my job because I was making such good money Mm. (laughs) and I was like "I've, I've got all these freedoms because of this job yeah but ultimately it was my job that was restricting me from actually being genuinely happy and grateful for the life that I had. So once I actually had the courage to call it in, it's almost like the door blew off the hinges to life and all these opportunities started pouring in and like, all everything started changing. I don't, I don't make a wage right now. I haven't, I don't expect to make a wage for a little bit still because I'm creating this business with the gentleman's club and we're still in the process. Well, we've, we've started the first intake. We're only still building the brand. Yeah. But... So it is a... I didn't realise it was a business. You actually... I yeah. Th- I, I thought it was more of like a... 
charity thing you're doing. So you're well. So what we're doing, we're we're creating the space. So the boys pay for the six month course, mm-hmm. and that payment goes towards covering everything that, that's catered for in them. Like Mitch and I and Jordan, we don't take a single cent from it. Yeah. Um, so for us, like creating the journal is hopefully where we can start to create a wage and, and build a yeah, brand cool. image and, and sell product and merch. So yeah. whoever does the immersive, well, we're not really taking too much from it. Like, like I said, we don't take anything from this first one. We're all doing this just for the passion of it. Yeah, cool. and it's not about money for Mitch and I. Like we just want to create a space for these men. And to see the transformation that we've seen in a lot of them within you know two months is profound. And like I have to pinch myself and realize that we've created this space for them because it's something that I wish I had when I was going through my time. Yeah, you know. And I think it's so important for us men to to start holding each other in that safe space where it's like, okay, they might be going through shit, but instead of going, oh, suck it up, mate, come to the pub, it's going to be right. Sitting with them and actually listening to what's going on, you know, and actually being there as a brother. Even if you're not related by blood, just sitting there and being like, what is wrong? You can tell me and just know that you're safe here. Yep. Because then once they can get that off their chest, it then gives them the opportunity. Or, and this goes for females or anyone for that matter. Just having someone there to listen to you, not give you solutions, just give you support, mm-hmm. then gives you the opportunity to then step forward into your journey into what, what, what's going to be next for you on the, on the cards. People like doing things that people like them do. So give us an example of the people who are in there. Like what's some of the demographic of, of the, the gentleman club of the gentlemen that are in there currently. Yeah. So age, job. So age would be, I think the youngest we've gotten there is 23. Mm-hmm. And I think the oldest we've gotten there would be late thirties, nearly 40, yep. I think. Cool. Um, occupations. Occupations vary. Like there's some that are self-employed, Two of the boys quit their jobs first week because they <laughs> like they quit their jobs first week. So like, you know what? It's you're right. This isn't okay. This is actually going back to manifestation here. So two of the boys quit their job during the first couple of weeks, saying that just they hated it. It wasn't the job they wanted. We all said like, write down what you want. Write down what you want. Get clear about what you wanted. They both got the jobs that they wanted. Yeah, right. awesome. Like, like two weeks ago, I think they both started this week. They started their new jobs, exactly the jobs that they wanted. That's awesome. Um. Yeah, there's numerous dads. Like there's, a couple, there's about three or four dads within the group, which is awesome. Just seeing them like talk to each other and and give each other support in that in that space because like we all like no one knows what they're doing when they have a kid. You can read all the kid book, like all the how to parent books in the world, but until you've got that baby, I can guarantee, and I'm going to experience it at some point, hopefully myself. Mm. All that just goes out the window, and you're just entranced by this kid because Jordan's going through it right now with his boy. Um. But yeah, the, the demographics just are so vast. And we even had a guy that was in his late 60s wanting to join up. And we said to him, like, mate, we're happy for you to be a part of it. We just don't know what you will get out of it. He goes, I just want to be there to hold space for the other men. Didn't have it happen this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, but in saying that, we've kept in touch, which is good. Yeah, cool. Um, but we've already got six guys keen for the next intake, which goes live in a couple of weeks, hopefully. Yeah, awesome. But That's no, it's, it's awesome, man. And like, it's such an incredible space. And I can't share too much because we we take of like a I guess you could say like a vow mm. of, of privacy because we don't want to share each other's stories yeah, yeah, um, publicly. I'm happy to share mine. I'm happy to, to speak about some of the transformations that have happened. Um, but I got to respect their privacy. I got to respect the fact that they're on this journey for themselves, and that if they're happy to share it, well, they can share it in their own peace. But yeah, cool. um, it definitely warms my heart to see these guys really wanting to make a change for the positive in their life. And then we've created the space where they're surrounded by other men that want to see them achieve that. 
And I think, you know, it's not like we can't be the only guys thinking this. There's got to be more guys feeling this. And so I encourage all men to just encourage your mates absolutely, like to the fullest, encourage your mates, tell them that they can achieve their dreams, hold them accountable. One thing with men is we love being held accountable. You know, if we're held accountable, have you done this today? You'd be like, shit, I haven't done that. You know, you, you want to go and do it, especially if you know that all the other boys are doing the same thing too. Yeah, definitely. You know, we do daily breath work, daily like cold water therapy, um, daily movement, making sure the boys are getting enough sleep. Like we're telling them, like, you've got to make sure you take as much care of yourself as you can. You know, do, even if it's just like a daily, you know, nasal reset or bar streaker or some form of breath work, just reset the nervous system. Give yourself some time for you. And what you find is all of them like, why haven't I been doing this sooner? It's crazy. That's yeah, like, awesome. Yeah, it blows my mind, man. It absolutely blows my mind. The manifestation one's funny, hey, because sometimes I can write something down and then forget about it. And, and then, then it happens. And it just happens. And you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, true. That's I wrote that down three months ago. Or I was talking about that three months ago. Or even like years ago. Yeah, I remember saying to Alicia when we started dating, I was like, I'm... I manifested you. And she was so open to saying, she's like, I did the same thing. She's like, I told my friend like a week before I met you that there's a man coming into my life and he's a surfer and the next thing you know, I popped up and like, I remember saying to her, I, was like, I know you from somewhere. And this is before it even clicked. Like, this is when we just met. I was like, I know you from somewhere. She's like, no, we haven't met. I like, no, I feel like I do. <laughs> Little did I know, it's just like we obviously met each other in a dreamscape or something yeah. like that and this connected past life maybe as well, but... Nah, it's, manifestation's huge, huge. And there's so many people that... I think this is the thing about manifestation as well, though, at the moment. There's a lot of people that just try sell, yeah, sell it to people. Like, oh, you do this and you can manifest whatever you want. It's like, just find it in your own pace. And what yeah. every, it can take different shapes for different people. You know, everyone manifests differently. You know, some people create and manifest through writing, drawing. You know, some just do it through dreaming. Like, it just it can take so many different forms, but... Yeah, sometimes for me, I just love to write, just to put pen to paper. Yeah. I'm not a good writer. I haven't got the best handwriting, <laughs> but it works. I'm going to hold you accountable with this podcast. So tell us where the Gentleman's Club is in three to five years. Manifest hmm. right now. I've already written this down. Yeah. <laughs> I should have bought my book. So let me try to remember. I want to try to remember exactly where this was. So at the end of 2024, the Gentleman's Club will be running four intakes a year, two level ones, two level twos. We'll be running a facilitator's course and Mitch, myself and Alicia, and if he's got a partner at the time, we're going to be traveling around the country doing workshops for men, helping them connect with themselves, you know, talking about the importance of learning how to be vulnerable, the importance of learning how to deal and cope with your emotions. So that's in four, that's the end of 2024. Um, by the end of 2026, we... We'll hopefully have a number of gentlemen's clubs running around the nation. So it's not just a sunny coast thing. So I've had heaps of mates from Sydney and Adelaide and Cairns hitting me up about it. And I just feel like I want to give them the service, but I can't be in four places at once. Yeah. So yeah, that's where it's going to be by then. We're going to be, there will be more. There will be more opportunity for men to be a part of this community. And even if it's not named the gentlemen's club, even if someone goes and does their own style, that income that just creates that space for men. I can see that happening very, very soon. Awesome. Um, yeah, man, I'm pumped. Absolutely pumped. Thanks for coming down today. Absolutely. It's been great. I appreciate it.
Hopefully we got the um, recording button down. This yeah, time. well, so I've said the red light had to be on. It's been on the whole time, so I'm assuming we got this on this time. I'm keen to get you back again anyway. There was a lot of things. So I feel like we went through so many different avenues oh. and I wanted to go deep in a few of them, but maybe another time. Mate, whenever you want. Like, I'm, like I said, I'm just studying, running the Gentleman's Club at the moment and I love sitting down having good conversations yeah. with people too. I think there's a bunch of ways in what Josh has shared that bunch of ways that you can find stillness um just so many different aspects of your life i think yeah like talking about finding stillness is like it's uncomfortable at first i think or i I believe because you've got to you've got to actually look at all the shadow aspects of things that you've done things that you've said stories that you've fabricated in your mind about how you are and who you are Mm. and you've got to realize that you're not your past and that's not you like and you're, you're only human. Like we all make mistakes. We all go through the shit. But it's also your responsibility to take respons- It's your responsibility to take control and then make change. And so, if you can start with yeah, sitting in stillness and just if you can learn to just sit there and be with yourself, that's like some of the most powerful, powerful healing you can do. Because mm. then that gives you so much more opportunity. A lot of people are so defined by their past. I was for years. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think another thing, like is expectation as well. We All of us hold, like I shared a post Aubrey Marcus did the other day. It talks about expectation and like why put yourself through suffering and pain because you put a high expectation on something and if you don't reach it, then you you feel like you let yourself down, you let others down, you put yourself through that self-sabotage phase and you remove the chances of you experiencing joy, you know, and all these like excitement and his spontaneity feelings because you've put expectation on it rather than just going through the flow of life. So I think that's really important too. That is. Very profound. Thanks for coming on. (laughs) Absolute pleasure, bro. Thanks for having me.